Subscribe to the Fashion League podcast on whichever platform you're listening to this right now. Stop what you're doing and tap subscribe. On this episode of the Fashion League podcast, I speak with my good friend Archna. We discuss how her childhood interest in fashion design led to an internship in sustainability, which brought her on a journey to a career in footwear and apparel product testing. There's a lot of laughter in this episode. Forgive us. We spent two years in grad school together and Archna attended my wedding and we had an adventurous time in India one summer. I was in India working with the marketing team at Hansava, which is the Sewa Trade Union's fashion brand, which represents thousands of impoverished self-employed women workers in India. Archna also talks about her graduate studies at the University of Delaware under Marsha Dixon, who is a board member of the Fair Labor Association, whose expertise is in social responsibility and sustainability in the apparel industry. I just added a metallic gold Telfar bag to my collection. It's vegan. Hi, Archana. Hey, Michaela. How are you? Surviving a lovely pandemic. How are you? I'm surviving a lot of things, but the pandemic, <laughs> yeah, that one too. <laughs> I'm washing my hands. What, what are these things? <laughs> oh, no, this is a fashion <laughs> podcast, not therapy. <laughs> so what's going on? You know, under a blanket recording a podcast <laughs> and I kicked my husband out with my child to go outside while I record this. <laughs> Sounds ideal. So what are you up to? Where are you now? I am also under a blanket <laughs> and recording this podcast in my room, Jersey City. Hey, Jersey. We're just going to start from the beginning. I all the, this all the way to oh. our no, your beginning. Oh, where, my beginning. Oh, where all the did way you to grow India. up? This is where like did you go to school? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I ask everyone. <laughs> so, long, long time ago. Oh, no. <laughs> age 12 is a good starting point. Grew up playing with Barbies. Age 12, decided I wanted to become a fashion designer. Barbies? I Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably like Barbies. What? Archana, I can't imagine you playing with a Barbie. (laughs) Well, I wasn't playing like house with Barbies. I was like the designer making clothes for the Barbies. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would like craft all these clothes out of, you know, old socks and like stuff. So I was making knitwear out of my old socks. Mm -hmm. And that kind of triggered an interest in fashion. And I decided I would, you know, become a designer. So I trained to do so, went to fashion school in India, and I found myself studying fashion again. I took the long way home, essentially. So what happened was I wanted to come to the States for a master's program, but the degree from India didn't really transfer over correctly or education systems didn't match with the fashion programs. 
Netherlands. So I essentially had to come to the U.S. and do a second bachelor's degree. So I went to school at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles. Was Los Angeles your first stop? Yeah. So I moved from Hyderabad, India to L.A. and was there for about two two years. Then I transferred over to Texas Women's University to finish off the bachelor's. So then from L.A., I moved to Denton, Texas, was there for another two years, finished the second bachelor's off, and then I finally started the journey that I'd initially wanted to come to the U.S. for, which was a master's program. And I went to University of Delaware, where we met each other. (laughs) Tiffany and I, on the one of the podcasts, Mm -hmm. we talked about that first day during orientation where Tiffany accosted me. <laughs> With that yellow skirt. <laughs> yes, the Tracy Reese skirt that she designed the print for. Yes. Do you remember that at all? I feel like you were in the crossfire of that interaction. That was the first I, time we met each other. And like, I don't remember anything except Tiffany. I think I somehow missed that entire part. When I engaged with the two of you, I was just like, okay, there's like a weird cold vibe here. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. There's only three of us for the next two years and this is going to be awkward. <laughs> However, that quickly changed. So yes, we became wind down Wednesday buddies and you and Tiffany were roommates yes we were second year of grad school we were roommates we survived each other and you guys hustled my wedding gown back to Delaware after my wedding in Philadelphia and so yes, there was a bachelorette party in in North Delaware yes there was <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't talking about that Archna <laughs> I just had to go there <laughs> Ah, Newark, Delaware. Cheers. Okay, so what was your master's degree? What did you study during your time at UD? So both Tiffany and I studied similar topics. We both were students with Marsha Dixon. And essentially, under her area of research, we studied corporate social responsibility. When did you start or were you always interested in social responsibility? And then if you can also talk about what is social responsibility. So I was actually an intern in Oroville, India, as part of my coursework for the one of the many initial fashion degrees I had obtained. A summer internship was, you know, part of the coursework. And instead of choosing a commercial design house, I had stumbled upon a designer who was focused on sustainability and social responsibility factors for the supply chain. And she was based in Oroville, India. Oroville is this experimental city that was established by the UN in India. And so I wound up for an entire summer working with her at Upasna Design Studio in India. And that's where I kind of, you know, it opened up my mind to looking past the commercial aspects of design Mm -hmm. and working with like non-governmental bodies, collaborating on like these projects with 
international development and capacity building and all that. And so that was kind of my first introduction to sustainability. And then by the time I wound up at UD, it was just perfect alignment that that was like Marsha's main area of focus. So that was like a journey of like four to five, six years, really. It was, it's really funny because I'd always wanted to like make clothes and be a designer. But the more I learned about the supply chain and the actual, you know, the industry, mm-hmm. I fell more in love with everything else but design. <laughs> everything else but so. <laughs> I feel like that's a common thread amongst everyone who finds themselves interested in fashion. They discover more components of what makes the industry run and they kind of fall into something that they're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, over over time, I, I don't even necessarily work with sustainability anymore or social responsibility. I fell into a completely different pocket, which is product testing. Wait which- a minute. So product testing, how is that different and how does it not fall under what we think of as sustainability or social responsibility? Product testing really is, you know, you're, you're making sure that any consumer good, in this case, apparel, footwear, accessories, and all that, that is imported into the country is really safe for consumer use. So what I do currently is fairly technical in terms of the supply chain. And I work at a third-party independent testing lab as it pertains to the retail industry and consumer goods. And we're really making sure that any of the product that is being brought into the country is tested to safety standards and meets federal and state regulations. So complete sidebar. So did you do any internships while you were in the grad program at UD? I had an option to do a summer internship uh, towards the end of the two years. Uh, So while I was working on my thesis, I wound up with a combination internship. So initially I'd applied for a social compliance summer internship with Red Cats USA. I got that position, but at the same time, they wanted someone who could also uh, learn and help out with product testing and quality assurance. So I wound up with a half and half. So I, for that entire summer, I was their social compliance slash product testing intern. A full-time position opened up in the product testing area, and I kind of just fell into it. As most people would hope when they intern, you want a job out of it. It was a full-time position. It was an interesting aspect, something, you know, that was still fairly new in that most fashion schools, you know, just brush over maybe during the textiles class in terms of what product testing is, but no one really teaches you uh, the day-to-day of product testing and how important it is to the fashion and retail industry. And you were an instructor while you were a grad student. What did you teach while you were at UD? At UD, I was a TA for the textiles classes, for fashion merchandising. And then my last semester at UD, I actually got to teach an entire course. It was fashion arts. So I got to teach Adobe Photoshop shop skills as it pertains to fashion illustration and how the students can adapt their skills. So that was actually a very interesting experience. I was glad I got to explore that option. So what have you been up to post-grad and now a few years into your career as a product tester? What have I been up to? So it was with 
Uh, I was on the retail side, you know, and I stayed there for close to, I want to say three years on the retail side of it. And then I stumbled upon an opportunity on the lab side of it. So on the retailer side, I used to collaborate with the lab on a daily basis. So when I saw the opportunity on the lab side, you know, it just seemed like an interesting opportunity to explore to my current position. And that's where I've been coming up on five years. So it's been, it's been a five years. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's so really wound up. It's been eight years that I've been on product testing. Never in my life did I ever think I would end up with a career in product testing. So I guess not this year, but do you travel back to India often? I know I get a lot of questions about if I go visit family in Jamaica and I don't go as often as I would like, but how about you? Yeah, the the current travel situation, I doubt I can make it to India anytime before next year, really, because the borders are still closed and stuff. So like international travel is not necessarily open at the moment and it's not recommended either. <laughs> I'm asking because I just remember it's like my birthday is coming up. Our birthday is coming uh-uh, up. Our birthday is coming yes, up. Yes, yes. And I had the great honor of sharing a birthday with you and your mommy surprised us with that birthday cake and flowers and your friends were there and it was I don't think I expressed this enough but it was so special to me (laughs) obviously I'm still talking about it it's like obviously I love celebrating my birthday I love traveling and then I got to celebrate it overseas in India with you and was tears are coming to my eye Archana let me not get sappy on here but yeah it was just a really great experience being with you and your family that was a fun trip we had a lot of adventures that trip. adventures oh yes <laughs> we don't have to get into details but listen I, I was struggling okay but I had a good time you know that you left me in Omdabad and you went home and <laughs> I, I didn't leave you. You had the option. You to left leave. me. I you was like, stay. yeah, it was rough. Yeah, that was my. I think my first official solo travel, if I want to count that one, I was by myself in that what would be like a townhouse, basically. That it was like a huge place. They, usually, I think they said that other people would stay in there, but it was me by myself. <laughs> and don't forget the monkeys. Oh, Lord. So I opened. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good trip. (laughs) So many memories Uh, on the balcony, the monkey that I was trying to lock out. And he was like, excuse me, I live here. And I split my finger open and then I tried to put toothpaste on it as antiseptic. It was. Yeah, I blocked that part out. You brought it up. I didn't even, that's not even in my memory bank. All I remember is buying pillowcases. I remember you putting crackle on my mom's nails and both of you bonding over how much I overslept all the time. You did. (laughs) Marjana is sleeping in every day, okay? Mom says hello, by the way. Hello, Auntie. So, are you ready to play faux or fashion? Oh, boy. (laughs) This is the scariest part. So, you know the rules, right? I'm going to give you three fashion headlines. Mm -hmm. You're going to tell me whether it's a real fashion story. 
so then it's fashion. Or if it's a fashion story I made up, then it's faux, a faux fashion story. Okay. Are you ready? Here's your first question. No, but go. <laughs> okay. Luxury resale website, Hope Trader, doesn't think resale companies or thrift stores should profit off merchandise that has been looted during the recent Black Lives Matter protests. Well, looted at a separate time while the protests were happening. Hmm. So a luxury resale website, Hope Trader, they don't believe resale companies should profit off merchandise that has been looted. I think that's a real headline. That is a real headline. Good job. Oh, yeah, look, yeah, at, look at that. Look at this. Common sense would dictate <laughs> that would be a real headline, I would hope. In a recent article on Fashionista.com, they interviewed the founder of Hope Trader, asking her about what she initiated, the hashtag blood fashion challenge. So she basically is asking her competitors like Poshmark and eBay and ThreadUp to not accept these looted items and intercept items from looters who sell or exchange stolen merchandise. I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like the looters, they should get their money. How would you even track whether or not something was looted? Like, you know, how would like one of those resale websites even be able to track it is my so for instance the like, chanel store was looted in soho in manhattan and chanel bags have the serial numbers so you can authenticate against what the chanel database or any luxury website but i'm saying like looting it's essentially reparations. Listen, are you going to give back all the artifacts that are in museums? Okay, no? So then we're taking these handbags and we're reselling them, okay? Not we. I didn't loot anything. <laughs> no comment here. <laughs> anyway, so are you ready for your second question? You got one point so far. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. As cities across the globe slowly start reopening from the pandemic lockdown, Copenhagen has decided to continue on with their fashion week in August. Is that a true fashion story or faux fashion story? August. Denmark. Denmark. True. Why do you think it's true? Because they're opening up. Well, I'm assuming they want to get back to business. Everyone wants to get back to business, and this is a terrible idea. Yes, this is true. See, see? But one of their biggest brands, Stein Goya, they dropped out. They're like, Hmm. we don't want any parts of this pandemic August is way too soon, but yeah. She's like, yeah, I know, people are stupid. that i just (laughs) i will not put words in your mouth okay are you ready for your last question sure can't wait i'm just bringing some summer solstice vibes with this last question so in a lawsuit over the failed 2017 fire festival model kendall jenner recently settled her lawsuit where she was accused of being involved in spreading this massive failure of an event. She agreed to pay $90,000. Hmm. So this is a lawsuit from 2017, and she's just now agreeing to pay. Did you watch the Fire Festival, any of the Fire I Festival documents? I did not. I did not. They're I so not. hilarious. Okay. I- you- 
I well, I caught up on all the memes, and then I was like, okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I feel like she probably paid higher. So, foe. It is true. You could have been really? undefeated. Oh man, because I see. Here's the thing: I don't pay any attention to that clan. So the only thing I read recently was that her, you know, her net worth isn't really a billion or something. That's not so even I, the correct Kardashian. That's Kylie. I can't keep track. This was in uh, a recent WWD article about the bamboozlement <laughs> of these guests at the fire festival being put in FEMA disaster relief tents and food shortage mm. at this no musical act music event. <laughs> he had to pay 90000 That's, That's it? That's it, right? Well, she posted a now deleted Instagram. You know, all the models that were featured mm-hmm. in the teaser. They posted a little promo. She deleted it. So I don't know. I guess they constitute the damage to amounting to $90,000. Oh, yeah, that's not enough. You see, that's not enough. I didn't like people like lose their livelihood. They wasted all the money preparing for a festival with no festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. (laughs) Goodness, I could have won that. Dang it. (laughs) Oh, well. I mean, do you want to ask me a question and then you can get your points back? I don't know. I didn't know I could ask you a question i would have prepared okay i don't know people make these things up on the fly i never prepared i had like several guests come in well i have a question i'm like excuse me this is my <laughs> show <laughs> i'm okay with two out of three that's that's way better than i thought i would yeah, do i mean you passed okay <laughs> <laughs> is this is this better than the statistics class don't bring up traumatizing <laughs> memories <laughs> we're all done that's it I'm getting out of this blanket. I hope you have a fabulous Sunday. You have a good, good Sunday. Hello to Jonathan and happy Father's Day to him.